Hey everyone, welcome to the Three Levels Podcast. In today's episode, we'll explore climate models and their significance in understanding the future climate system. I recently went to a talk about how clouds, the critical component of climate system, will impact future precipitation and climate, and how flash flooding and extreme weather events are more prominent due to their thermodynamics intensity. This talk is pretty technical with technical use case, where they went over specific steps they did to modify the model and to get a more accurate representation of the complex physical phenomena into computational model. I thought it would be so fun today to go over some basics of climate models. Level one: What are climate models, and how do climate models work? Climate models are complex computer simulations. That aim to replicate the behavior of the Earth's climate system, which is used for predicting the long-term average of weather patterns in the region or globally. These models involve complex mathematical equations and algorithms, typically require substantial computational power, such as high-performance supercomputers, and a vast amount of data are processed to accurately represent the behavior of the climate system. The models divide the Earth into three-dimensional grid, with each grid cell representing a small portion of the Earth's surface. At each grid cell. The models calculate variables such as temperature, pressure, humidity, wind speed, and ocean currents. They also consider factors like solar radiation, greenhouse gas concentrations, aerosols, and cloud cover. The models simulate how these variables change over time, taking into account the interactions and feedback mechanisms between different components of the climate system. The two most fundamental physics that goes into climate modeling are thermodynamics and fluid dynamics. Thermodynamics applies the conservation of energy rule to simulate the transfer of heat energy between the atmospheres, oceans, land surfaces, and ice, and governs how heat is absorbed, released, and transferred within the Earth's system. Fluid dynamics is used to simulate the behavior of the atmosphere and oceans, while taking into account the movement of air and water, including the formation of currents, circulation patterns, atmospheric dynamics such as convection and advections. In addition, we also have functions that track cloud formation, land surface changes, cryosphere dynamics, which essentially is the mathematical behavior of the frozen water, including sea ice, glacier dynamics, and ice sheet melting. Climate models use a technique called coupling to simulate the interactions between atmosphere and ocean. This coupling allows for the exchange of information between the atmospheric and oceanic components, such as heat fluxes and moist exchange, which are critical for understanding climate dynamics. One key aspect of climate model is the spatial resolution, which means the size of the grid, the modeling grid. Some global models have a coarse resolutions due to its size. Typical grid size range from 100 to 500 kilometers. Some regional climate models have higher resolution, often in a range of few kilometers. 
Higher resolutions allows for better representation of local climate features, but requires more computational resources. There is also the concept of temporal resolutions, which means the time steps of the modeling, and typically. Thirty minutes is the rule of thumbs for well-balanced simulations between accuracy and speed. The input for climate models are what we call forcing. Basically, we have some initial data on temperature, humidity, wind patterns, atmospheric compositions, and we also have some information for the sea. For example, sea surface temperature, salinity, and currents. We also have some land surface characteristics such as. Data on topography, vegetation cover, soil types, and land use, and most importantly, we have greenhouse gas concentrations, which is based on the concentrations of carbon dioxide, methane, and other greenhouse gases. The outputs from the models are typically temperature and precipitation patterns. We have simulated changes in regional and global temperature and precipitation distributions. We have atmospheric circulations such as global wind patterns, major climate systems. We also have ocean circulation and sea surface temperature as outputs too. Seawater and glacier dynamics are very important, as well as carbon cycles and greenhouse gas concentrations. And these are all the outputs that we can get from the climate models. Level two: What are the different types of climate models that are existing right now? There are various types of climate models, ranging from the basic energy balance models to the more sophisticated general circulation models. Some models are more regional specific, and some models are for the Earth systems. Diving a little deeper into this topic, we have first and foremost energy balance models. So these are the basic numerical models that focus on the balance between energy entering the Earth's atmosphere from the Sun and the heat released back to the space. They calculate surface temperature and are often zero-dimensional or one-dimensional. Next, we have radioactive convective models. These models simulate the transfer of energy through the height of atmosphere, considering factors like convection. They can calculate the temperature and humidity of different atmospheric layers, and are typically one-dimensional but can be two-dimensional too. Next, we have general circulation models, also known as the global climate models. They simulate the physics of the climate system, capturing air and water flows in the atmosphere and oceans, as well as heat transfer. Early GCM, the general circulation model, simulated only one aspect of Earth's system. It could be like atmosphere only or ocean only in three dimensions. More sophisticated coupled models integrate multiple aspects to provide a comprehensive representation of the climate system. We also have regional climate models, which is pretty similar to the、uh, general circulation models, but they focus on a limited area of Earth. RCM's regional climate models can be run more quickly at a higher resolution, providing climate information in greater details for a specific region. In addition, we have Earth System models (ESMs). 
These are advanced subset of GCMs, general circulation models, that incorporate additional aspects of the Earth's system, such as land hydrology, sea ice, land ice, biogeochemical circles. ESMs can also simulate the interactions between climate and various components of the Earth system, including the carbon cycle, atmospheric chemistry, ocean ecology, and changes in vegetation and land use. Next, we have the integrated assessment models. These models combine aspect of society with climate models to simulate how population, economic growth, and energy use interact with the physical climate. The integrated assessment models are used to project future greenhouse gas emissions and assess the benefits and costs of policy options to address climate change. Climate model is conducted by more than two dozen scientific institutions around the world. Each center often develops and refines several different climate models. The models are typically named after the centers themselves. Climate models are often collaborative efforts, and some models are named after the collaboration involved. For example, the UK ESM one. Earth System Model is jointly developed by the Hatley Centre and the Natural Environmental Research Council community in the UK. The Community Earth System Model (CESM) is a collaborative effort between thousands of scientists from the National Centre for Atmospheric Research (NCAR) in the U.S. The coupled model intercomparison project (CMIP) plays a vital role in climate modeling. CMIP is a framework for climate model experiments, allowing scientists to analyze, validate, and improve models in a systematic way. It brings together climate models experiments from different centers, helping to compare and understand their strengths and weaknesses. CMIP data is openly accessible to researchers worldwide, and it has led a numerous publication and advancement in climate research. CMIP six is the latest iterations of the project and involves more than thirty modeling centers worldwide, addressing specific scientific questions through model intercomparison projects. The results of CMIP six will contribute to the sixth assessment report of the IPCC, which assessed the state of climate change and its impact. Level three, we have to talk about climate models and climate change. According to scientific research from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change (IPCC), the world surface air temperature has increased by an average of 1.1 Celsius, nearly two Fahrenheit, from 1900 to 2020 due to burning of fossil fuels, leading the release of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. This warming is unprecedented in the past two thousand years. Several climate models indicate that if greenhouse gas levels continue to rise at present rates, 
Earth's global average temperature could rise in an additional four Celsius or 7.2 Fahrenheit during the 21st century. However, swift actions to reduce greenhouse gas emissions may limit the temperature increase to within 1.5 to 2 Celsius or 2.7 to 3.6 Fahrenheit. The amount of climate change by the end of century depends on the decision made today. The impacts of climate change are expected to vary regionally. Temperature increases are likely to be more significant over land than over oceans, and greater at high latitudes than the tropics and mid latitudes. Warming is already occurring worldwide, but future temperature changes will not be distributed evenly. One consequences of warmer climate is a speeding up of water cycle, resulting more precipitations. Global average precipitation can increase by seven percent for each degree of warming, leading to more rain and snow and higher risk of flooding in some regions. However, changes in precipitation will not be uniform, with some areas projected to be even wetter, and others drier. As climate warms, snow and ice will melt, leading to a decrease in total amount of snow and ice on the planet. Mountain glaciers and permafrost have already decreased in size over the past century, and Arctic sea ice is rapidly melting. Sea level rise is expected as a result of both melting ice on land and thermal expansion of ocean water. Without immediate reduction of greenhouse gas emissions, global sea water rise is predicted to reach around 1.1 meters or 3.5 feet by 2100. The ocean's uptake of excess heat and carbon dioxide from the atmosphere is acting as a buffer against climate change in short run, but may cause ocean acidification in the long run. The combination of carbon dioxide with seawater forms a weak carbonic acid, which has reduced the ocean's pH by about 0.1 since pre-industrial times. Further acidification is expected by year 2100, which can harm coral reefs and marine life. Changing precipitation patterns and melting ice can alter ocean currents, potentially disrupting larger-scale ocean currents, like thermal haline circulation, which has significant implication for climate. There is also a possibility of abrupt changes or tipping points in the climate system, such as the collapse of major ice sheets and sudden release of methane. The point of level three is not to discuss how accurate future climate models are, or how likely the tipping points are going to happen in the next few decades. We're really here to talk about the severe consequences and underscore the urgency of reducing greenhouse gas emissions and taking swift actions to mitigate the impacts of climate change. All right, this is Three Levels Podcast, where we dive deep into fascinating topics and concepts together in three levels of depth and complexity. We're all about exploring the intriguing and ever-changing world that we live in. Until next time, bye. Oh, 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 oh,